welcome to Sweet Potato Talks, a podcast of storytelling and topics that hope to engage all communities towards a life of movement, meaning, and mindfulness. Let our lives serve as an example for how youth has the power to grow and inspire change. Today I was looking in the mirror. I was looking at the curves and shapes of my new figure, and I was wondering myself so many negative things to say about their body first before even one positive note comes out of their mouth. In this episode, we hope to encourage more body positivity and look at the change over long periods of time with physical appearance, growth, and aging, even though we're quite young. Yeah. (laughs) We encourage you to ask the question, what do you love about your body? now and then so Megan uh what do I love about my body well lately I love how I feel Mm -hmm. in my body too not just the physical appearance but uh I feel strong and I feel more comfortable in my body Mm -hmm. than I have in a long time. Mm, I think since I was a kid, it seems more as I grow older, I feel more comfortable in my body. Uh, Physical wise, uh, I really like my legs. Mm. They're great running legs, have to say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I like my hair. Mm. I like my eyes. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) That's so cool. And what you can't see behind this little podcast is when you ask someone a question like that to say something so positive about themselves or others is their face and your face and the whole room just lights up and I think that's such a beautiful thing that is just bypassed so much right Mm -hmm. you could probably hear it in my voice but I'm smiling now (laughs) and I was smiling a little bit before but I'm smiling more now and Jess is too I am Jess what do you love about your body Excellent question. Um, My body and I have been through a lot together, as have most. And although I think I have a different perspective to Megan, as maybe I was once comfortable in my body when I was younger, and then for a period of time I wasn't, and then now I'm starting to grow that relationship again, I learned to love the strength of my body. I learned to love its new curves and markings and things that remind me of what I've been through and what I'm currently going through. And my mental state as well, like Megan said, I feel more comfortable and just more at peace with it all. And that's a hard thing to say, and I think it's beautiful at the same time. And physically... Appearance-wise, I finally have a butt. (laughs) And I think that's the greatest thing ever. And excuse uh, any listeners. (laughs) But uh, uh, I think learning to love a new part of yourself is so wonderful and exciting. And I love my height, my hair, definitely an eye catcher. I have, if you do not know me. I have crazy, curly, brown hair that... It's beautiful. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. So, yeah, those are just a few things. And 
I think with that question, you just open that positive attitude up and you bring about those words, that positive self-talk that we really need when we're transitioning from every stage in our lives with our bodies themselves. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting that you said you love your height Mm -hmm. because I've never thought about my height because I'm pretty average average, in between and I've never thought about that but I do Mm -hmm. know that people are insecure about being really tall or or short. Um, That's something I, uh, I, I, I dealt with more on the on a smaller scale, I, I've always, you know, used my height to my advantage with sports mm-hmm. or, um, or with opportunities in general, but it definitely has, you know, put a bit of a toll because when you stand out, like mm-hmm. I did when I was younger, when I was the tallest of my friends, that's something you just have to learn to embrace and... It's, it can be hard to, to love something that's unique or even mm-hmm. a little bit out of the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today's episode, which we will call Body to Body, as I mentioned, we will look at the changes of our physical appearance over time, and we want to share stories and everything from our physical state itself to the mental one, how those affect each other, and how we learn to love our bodies no matter what, or how Mm -hmm. we're working on it. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to start off on a positive Mm -hmm. note by talking about what we love, because we are going to be going back into experiences Mm -hmm. where our relationships with our bodies weren't weren't as positive. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we can all learn from something like that and experience, and I think we should just take it from there, and Mm -hmm. Megan, I think she has a little story to share (laughs) about her body journey. Yeah, so the first time that I really uh, felt that I was noticing my body more was when I was 14. I went to France on a three-month exchange, so I wasn't living with my family. I was in a completely new situation, (laughs) and I felt really lonely. And I found it really hard to make friends at the school. Mm -hmm. And the family I was living with, I didn't feel like I had the best relationship with them. It wasn't negative, but it wasn't good yeah. <laughs> or positive I just felt like I was there you were just there you're just another addition but yeah. maybe not as incorporated as yeah so my eating changed a lot when I went there because all of a sudden I went from what I ate at home which was a lot of beans and veggies mm-hmm. and I was vegetarian at the time to France where pretty much every vegetarian yes. meal was covered in dairy, Mm -hmm. and I didn't like dairy. It made me feel sick, and I thought it was kind of unhealthy, so Mm -hmm. I I didn't feel good when I was eating all that dairy, and so I was eating a lot less during the day, but I was eating more of what I thought of as unhealthy foods, like bread and ice cream and whipped cream Mm -hmm. and Nutella. The products that were available vegetarian-wise because 
I mean, it definitely has grown a lot in, mm-hmm. in Europe, but I definitely understand what she's saying about there being um, not as much information about yeah. those kind of lifestyles. Well, also, I wasn't vegan at the time, True. so I didn't, like, know that I could ask uh, for other things. I was kind of shy about it. Mm-hmm. I think if I had asked for certain things, I would have gotten them. Yes, people are... I remember halfway through when I was there, I finally went to the grocery store and bought cashews and walnuts and dates and uh, raisins and dark chocolate and chickpeas, and I was so happy. (laughs) It was actually, like, the most happy experience I was there. grocery shopping. Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, I was noticing differences with how I was eating... I didn't feel as good, so of course I was paying more attention to what my body looked like. Yes. And also I was lonely, so I had more time to to do that. Yes. And I also found that at school, appearances were really important. The girls would wear a lot of makeup. The boys would always comment on how girls looked. Mm -hmm. So I felt, even though I was losing weight while I was there because I was eating less... I always thought I was gaining weight while I was there. Yes. Which is really weird. Yeah, had a mixed, yeah. a mixed perception of what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I felt unhealthy, but I didn't feel like I looked unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But I also did. It was just the first time in my life that I had started thinking about my body in that mm-hmm. way, and in relation to food. Yes. Oh, another thing is I wasn't exercising at all. Mm-hmm. I played basketball once a week, but there was barely any running or <laughs> anything, and I went for a walk twice, I think, while I was there over three months. Travel really throws you for a loop yeah. when you're in a new space, a new environment. Yeah, and the family I was with wasn't that active. Mm-hmm. Which was really different from my family. Yeah, so her her family lives. Let's throw a side note in here. <laughs> I'm in her room right now, and there's marathon. What are they called? The bib numbers. The bib numbers. They're they're posted everywhere, and I know that her dad and her mom are all very very active as well as the rest mm-hmm. of the family. So that's must have been a very big contrast. Yeah. So I also felt unhealthy in that sense, mm-hmm. and that was another thing that contributed to me thinking yes. I was gaining weight. Well, that's where you see the the mental and the physical side. Mm-hmm. As our bodies change, are so deeply connected, in my opinion, at least. Um, it's not just to uh, see our body change physically, mm-hmm. but to also feel it. Mm-hmm. And if you're eating different things, or even if you're just in a new environment to new experiences, you're going to see changes, mm-hmm. but you're also going to feel them, and that can be a really scary thing, especially if you haven't already dealt with it before and you don't know the strategies to mm-hmm. um, to work through that. Yeah. I also lost my period when I was there. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think much of it. Yes. I thought, oh, this is kind of nice. <laughs> but, um, That's happened to me as well. So I know exactly what she's saying. And for anyone else who's experienced that, it's like a, a blessing and a curse at the same yeah. time. So when I came home from France, obviously my family, uh, they wanted to help me because they knew I looked in ha- like yes. less healthy environment yeah, well, as I was before. Looked like before, and 
Yeah. trying to help you get back to your best self. Yeah, and also I wanted to go vegan when mm-hmm. I returned home. Of course, my parents were really unsure about that because <laughs> I needed to gain weight and yes. they were and get my period back, so they were unsure about that. Mm-hmm. It was really hard, though, to gain weight again because I always thought that I hadn't lost weight, yes. even though <clears throat> my mom was telling me I never stepped on a scale, by the way, so I don't actually know, but um, my mom was always telling me, Megan, you lost weight, you need to gain it back again, but to me, I never felt like I actually had lost weight, Mm -hmm. so it was hard to gain it back, because I thought gaining weight was a bad thing, Mm -hmm. and... It's hard when yeah. someone you love is coming to you with, someone who knows you really well yeah. is coming to you with that kind of information because we're doing our best we can to be in our bodies and work with them. And sometimes we get separated from that goal, whether to be um, just as happy, as healthy mm-hmm. as we can be. But it's hard when you don't see what somebody else is seeing and you know that Mm-hmm. They know, <laughs> yeah, in a in one way or another, um, yeah. It felt very personal to me. I didn't want other people talking to me about my body yeah. like that. I, yeah, I do think I did get a little obsessive in air quotes about it. Mm-hmm. Never to the point where I had an eating disorder, but I did. I did care about the food I was putting in my body more yes. than more normal. than normal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're also she's you know transitioning to becoming vegan. Uh, a lot of people also experience with that change mm-hmm. that you're looking more at labels and ingredients, mm-hmm. and that can be something entirely new as well to know what you're eating. And mm-hmm. it's hard to sometimes strip away from those numbers because you know you can look at two plates of food that are the same in numbers, but mm-hmm. absolutely different in nutrient content. Um, yeah. But, uh, do you think that there was anything that could have helped you around that time? Like, do you mm-hmm. think that opening a discussion would have helped you more? Or being more... Well, some... Hmm. I feel like something that could have helped me was... Or this is this was how I felt at the time. Yes. I'm not sure if this would have been the best thing looking <laughs> back. But I hated when people would comment on how much food I would eat, was eating mm-hmm. or my weight yeah. or how healthy I was. Because, mm-hmm. for example, when I would have family gatherings, mm-hmm. I was the only vegan. So I would just have this huge plate of lots of veggies and beans and like really healthy foods yes and my extended family would comment on that you're so healthy yeah. they think or that that's you need the to, perfect you need to eat more calories things like that and I that didn't make me feel great mm-hmm. actually I know they had the best intentions yeah, when they say that uh it also probably would have helped me to have a friend that I could talk to about things like this mm-hmm. because I didn't have any friends that were interested in nutrition, yes. veganism, mm-hmm. uh, 
being healthy, things like that. A lot of people my age, when I was in grade nine, would just eat French fries all the time. And that makes us the the unique ones. Yeah. So (laughs) The oddballs. Yeah. So I think it would have helped to have someone to talk to. Yeah, I agree. That's... Talking to someone, uh, it's really hard to explain this to someone when someone is going through a bodily change and the people around them see that. It's hard for you to explain how they can help. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes they can, but also sometimes they the only thing that they can do for you is be there for you mm-hmm. and support you in this process because it is a process. And I have very similar experiences to Megan where... I, and I'll share them as well. Yeah. But uh, I wasn't, you know, dealing with any body thoughts that, that deeply that is mm-hmm. um, um, until certain events happened that, you know, switched my perspective entirely and how I looked at it all. Mm-hmm. And when your perspective is switched so drastically, or even not drastically, yeah. it can just be a small thing, mm-hmm. um, depending on how you take that internally it's going to have an effect on you moving forward and you're going to have to almost build back up how you mm-hmm. see yourself and that's yeah I think time is also important because yes. taking the time to heal that's in air quotes <laughs> to heal from that yeah I think it also contributes to how we feel today Yes, 100% agree. Because if I had someone to support me and help me at that time, and it had only taken a month or a few months for me to get back to normal, get back to normal, uh, then I wouldn't have much to talk about, I don't mm, think. Interesting. But I, even today, I feel like thoughts about your body more negative on the negative side. I don't want to label thoughts as negative no. or positive, but it's still a struggle. It, but it's a struggle less now yes. and for the past few months for me than it was a year ago. Right. And it keeps getting better with time. And now having that experience, I can appreciate how I feel now. And I can appreciate my body more, I think. I agree. I understand. What was I going to say? That uh, just, you know, hearing you talk about this, I, you know, it brings, it brings back lots of memories of how I felt similarly. And one thing that I just, I feel like I want to interject into this mm-hmm. podcast is that although you've been through these certain experiences and you know we're putting out the possible solutions that maybe could have helped you Mm -hmm. along the way like support and communication Mm -hmm. but also those experiences themselves allow you to be more empathetic and Mm -hmm. compassionate towards others and yourself moving forward Mm -hmm. to have the ability to connect with someone on a similar topic that's something that I I'm grateful for no mm-hmm. matter what has happened to me and mm-hmm. and and that's really hard to say because you never wish for somebody to have that challenge yeah but I do believe that everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. and that you will learn something from it you will 
be better because of it. Yeah. Well, I have a younger sister, mm-hmm. and she's 13 now. Hi, Tessa. <laughs> uh, she did the, oh, by the way, she did the little sweet potato talks. Sweet potato talks. At the end of our podcast. Yes, Yes. (laughs) Tessa, we love you. Uh, Well, I'm hoping that as she goes through changes, Mm -hmm. she's going into high school next year, that I can help her and support her and use my experience to help her, even though I know she doesn't always want my advice. Mm -hmm. But I hope that I can be there for her more. And I just want to make things clear, I did have a lot of support from my family. Oh, yes. My parents were super supportive of me going vegan. They took me to naturopaths, nutritionists, and acupuncture, and uh, yeah, they were great. And they're even eating vegan. Okay, this is getting a little off topic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they eat a lot of vegan foods now, so. Okay. Yeah. Jess, would you like to talk yeah, about your I'll share a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I would really like to touch on the way physical activity and experiences change our body physically. Because mm-hmm. I have a lot of mental stories that I would like to, mental health stories that I would like to share in a later video. But today we are really focusing on we definitely are focusing on the mental side of it all, mm-hmm. but connecting in more to accepting our physical presence. Mm-hmm. And I, over the years, have switched a lot of my activities and the way that I go about my life. And I have seen various physical changes that are both terrifying and exciting separately and at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, for years and years and years, ever since I was six, I played soccer. Mm-hmm. It's my, yes, <laughs> my dad's love, and I was put in it right, right away, out of the womb. <laughs> and uh, I, I played that for most of my life so far, and I played high-level Metro soccer during my high school experience. And that means a couple practices a week, and then a game, and then you are not not all players, but for me, I was running on the side or doing some other physical activity because it was what I loved to do. It was what I grew up doing, mm-hmm. and I was always very lean and fit. And I had I had a few insecurities, um, and even even as a younger age, but I was always very consistent with, with how I look, and I ate lots of food, and I was always very immersed into um, eating, and I wasn't I wasn't too sure about veganism when I was younger, but um, I definitely experienced physical changes after I started moving from that consistent soccer mm-hmm. lifestyle that consistent exercise lifestyle, to after the last year that I played soccer, I started doing yoga. And for a while there, I I was quite thin because I was doing lots of activities, yoga and soccer, and not just stretching yoga, hot yeah. yoga, power yoga, spin classes that were provided at the same facility. 
and so I was from lean and toned and mm-hmm. and strong to a little bit more lanky than I normally was, a little bit less muscle because I was just burning through everything. Yeah. And moving on from that, after I stopped playing soccer, I just did yoga. Mm-hmm. And that was a big change for me. I, as much as I, I love yoga, it didn't really push any of my physical limits as much as, or at least I didn't challenge that. Because yeah. I do know that yoga does push you physically, but for me at least, um, I didn't push that. And, and, and I did start gaining weight. I also start eating more funnily, and that's also um, a part of my mental side that I will touch later, but from soccer to yoga, and then I also had been doing running at one point in my life. Um, you know, you, you, you see when you gain muscle, lose muscle, because we are in our bodies, and um, we are looking at them on a daily mm-hmm. basis. I mean, go look in your house and count all the mirrors. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of hard to miss it. And our society is also very revolved around how we look physically. So mm-hmm. that's something that you see on a constant daily basis. So for me personally, as I was taking on new activities, having new experiences, and my body was changing, it was a very scary experience in a way um, because it was just uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It was something I was not used to. And when you're doing something for so long and you get used to what you look like and then you change that, it's like, it's sometimes hard to look in the mirror and see yourself and that that's where the mental side kind of comes mm-hmm. into play. But, um, yeah, you know, um, again, I wouldn't regret any of it because I've seen my body change through all these activities and experiences that I've had and update now. Mm-hmm. I love the gym and I'm trying to get back into running. So, you know, you know better what makes you feel good and what your body needs. I know for myself that being active and especially with running or more intense sports, obviously with the disclaimer that you're being safe and healthy and, you know, keeping your body mm-hmm. in in good healthy shape. Um, I like pushing those limits and those limits are what, you know, makes me super happy and, um, starts my day right and, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I've definitely felt similar things related to exercising Mm -hmm. because I did volleyball in grade eight, nine, and ten. Yes. And then... When I was in grade 10, that's when I started running more, and I actually preferred running to volleyball, so I quit volleyball (laughs) that year. Uh, And then I started running longer. Before that, I was mainly running with my parents or just little dogs around my neighborhood, (laughs) but then that was too short, too slow, so I did a 10K, and I felt that was so short, I'm just Mm -hmm. going to train for a half marathon (laughs) and that's what I did I loved running I was probably like that summer before I did a half marathon just when I finished grade 10 yes 
I was probably running 15 kilometers a few times a week, and plus I would do summer hiking and uh, some yoga sometimes. Very active. Yeah, I was very active. I still am very active. And so then I kept running, upping my distance. I did the half marathon. I thought it was really easy because by that point I was running a lot longer than that distance on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So it felt short to me. Yes. So throughout that winter, I was running probably 22 kilometers two or three times a week, plus walking a lot and yoga once a week. So I was very Mm -hmm. active, but that was pretty much all I did. Mm -hmm. And... I did love it, but I think I had a bit of an unhealthy re- relationship yeah. with it because mm. I I wasn't at the best place with friends. I didn't have any fights or anything like that, but I didn't feel like I yes. had many good friends yeah. or any really good and friends. It felt like my friendships were pretty superficial, mm. and... So I would just turn to running, yes. and that's and what I did. And literally running away from your problems. That's a, Yeah. <laughs> I watched a YouTube video yesterday, Casey Neistat, and he was working with this Olympic runner on their guide to running. Uh-huh. And when they were just answering questions, and one of them was just like, you know, do you run, running to, there's something about running away from your problems, and he's like, yeah, I do. <sighs> um, so, yeah, I mean, from my experience running, and I'm sure with yours, is that it's a very big stress reliever, and mm-hmm. it's great for that, but it's like, you need balance, mm-hmm. and you need to not have your, well, unless you're an yeah. Olympic athlete or something, but uh, uh, not, not having control of your life. Yeah, not having yeah. control of your life, because there's so much more to it, and yeah, well, running was a stress reliever, yeah. that's in air quotes for me, but... Sorry, everything's in air quotes. <laughs> I love it because <laughs> I you use have to them say all the time. Um, so, but it became a stress causer for me yeah. at that point in my life. Because if I didn't go for a run when I was supposed to go for a run, yeah. I would be stressed and not a nice person to be around. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and then I got uh, sick for a week just the winter flu and then when I tried to get back into running after that I think I maybe took two weeks off Mm -hmm. I was super excited to go running again but then I got injured because I went back and then bringing it back yeah and so I was injured and so I couldn't run Mm. and I was funny how those things happen (laughs) (laughs) so I think I did need to be injured. I didn't have a big injury. It was just my foot was hurting. I don't even remember. And maybe it lasted three weeks or so. But that was a stressful time for me. It was really hard not to run. And I would still go. I think I swam at the pool a few times and went to the gym a few times. But it was really hard and stressful not Mm -hmm. to be running. And to bring that back to body changes... Whenever I wasn't running at that time, I thought I was gaining weight. And I I didn't feel as good in my body. Because when I, when I was running that winter, I felt great in my body. I loved how light I felt and how much energy I had. That's a good uh, feeling. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was 
hard, I think. But when I went back to running after that, I got into trail running more. And with trail running as opposed to road running, I think you're building a lot more muscle. Yes. And so my thighs got bigger mm -hmm. because I had bigger quads. Yes. And Using that power to move you. And that has kept happening for the past year or so. Mm -hmm. But now I'm okay with it, and I want to gain more muscle. Yeah. But at that time, I wasn't that happy. Yes. Because it's pretty uncomfortable not to fit your clothes anymore. Yes, and that's another thing. Um, but bringing it back to just, mm -hmm. like, circling, because I feel... I love these tangents of the podcast, but then I'm also... I want to bring it back, <laughs> back to yeah. the common theme. You know, just hearing Megan talk, and, you know, we didn't know exactly how this would all play out but mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful in all of this sharing this with you you know the way that you feel in your body is a big contributor mm -hmm. and the obstacles that you face with it whether you don't see it at the moment that it's happening is going to help you in the long run to have a better balanced relationship with it mm -hmm. and so that for example, with Megan's injury, she had to almost relearn that running was not the be-all, end-all. Yeah. And that running is a, an amazing part of her life, and it makes her feel amazing. Mm -hmm. So when she got back into it, I presume she'll she'll feel she'll want that feeling again. But then she'll also know that she's okay to not have it to, to define if she's happy that day. Yeah, just um, on yeah. that. So I am injured again right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, So what I was just talking about was when I was in grade 11. Mm -hmm. I was going to... Now I just finished grade 12. <laughs> so this is like an actual more serious injury. Yes. I I won't go in into it right now because we'll talk about this yeah. again. Uh, but I've had runner's knee for the past three and a half months or so, mm -hmm. so I haven't been running at all, and I'm just getting back into it now, so that's been hard, we'll talk about it yes, in another yeah. episode, <laughs> but it's um, a contributing factor, yeah, but I needed, the biggest thing with being injured for me that was hard to overcome was finding other things that make me feel good in my body, yeah. and what, what, I've re what I've realized, what, what I've realized <laughs> over the past few months is I don't need things or activities to make me feel good. I can feel good right now in my body, whatever I'm doing, whatever I've done today, mm -hmm. whatever I've done, I've done for the past week. Yes. I don't need something to make me feel no. good. I can just feel good right now. Mm. So that's the biggest thing I've You can found. give yourself yeah. that power. I think that if you have so much time to... Think about what your body is looking like, but you're not really feeling it. You need to just you know, take 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 a moment. Do the little exercise that we did at the beginning of the video. Mm -hmm. Rebring yourself back to all the positive things that are in your body right now, and you know be be grateful for that. Be grateful to be able to move and get your strength on. I don't know. Um, yeah, and. Uh, just have that that vehicle to mm -hmm. 
push limits and to rest in because it does so much for you and it should be appreciated more often. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you a bit about when you went vegan. I know we have contrasting views of how our body changed mm-hmm. and whether it did not or it did change. Yeah. Um, would you like to talk about yours a little bit? Okay. So it's a little hard for me to pinpoint like when you one day I went vegan and I completely <laughs> changed. I felt amazing. That didn't happen to me. me when I went to France, that that was when I decided to go vegan, but before I went to France, I was pretty much vegan. I was vegetarian. I didn't like dairy. <laughs> I didn't eat pizza or, like, anything with cheese on it. Yeah. That's dairy. <laughs> um, so I was pretty much vegan since I was about in grade 7. I would eat dairy and eggs and baked goods and things where I couldn't taste it. Mm-hmm. But, of course, I wasn't eating a lot of those. Yes. Uh... But I did notice a big shift from when I was in France eating so much dairy to when I went home and wasn't eating it again. Mm-hmm. I felt a lot better. Also, I, uh, I felt... I think it was more that I was eating more normally again and enough food. Not just going vegan, but mm-hmm. I was eating enough food again. Yes. So I felt like I had more energy and was happier with that. Uh, Yeah, but I did notice, I think you touched on this briefly earlier, that now I was reading labels to see if there was some non-vegan ingredient in that. And also when you're reading labels, you can see the nutrition facts. So you can see how many calories are in something, how much fat, sugar... All of those things. So I would also look at those. And I never calorie counted, but I definitely knew how many calories were in foods. items, yes. Yeah, and I tried to avoid, I didn't try to, I did avoid foods in a bit obsessive, a bit of obsessively. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Avoid foods that were full of, this is in air quotes, empty calories. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was... So that was more of a change that you noticed? Yeah. In the way that you treated the foods that you were putting into your body, rather than maybe how you looked? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Jess? Um, I noticed more physical changes. I, I experienced a little bit more of an extreme to Megan's, um, air quotes, obsessive Mm-hmm. Um, eating habits that she had experienced. I I did have a an eating disorder, and it drastically changed the way that I view my body. The reason I'm not openly touching on it right now is because I think that it deserves its own space mm-hmm. later on. But I think that at that period of my time when I did go vegan, I also like Megan was quite thin. And it was scary for parents and such to see that and not know how to help me and think that things were going to get worse from there. Mm -hmm. When I first went vegan, I didn't really know how to be vegan. Same. (laughs) And 
a lot of things what I was eating was just not enough mm-hmm. nutritional content in it. Um, or it was just extremely healthy and I wasn't getting enough calories to fit the exercise level that I wanted to have and the energy that I wanted to have. Mm-hmm. So I did notice mental and physical changes, physical changes even maybe more so at a time because I was introducing so many new foods and then, um, you know, trying all these different vegan alternatives as well with friends and that brought about change as well in my appearance. So, I mean, for me and I'm sure for Megan, veganism is brought back to more than just a physical health perspective. So, Mm -hmm. as I learned more about veganism, as much as it was important for me to maintain my health or get back to health, Mm -hmm. it also was just a core value now. Mm -hmm. And that value... It was, it, it, you know, as, as it became a more of a value, it wasn't as concerning if I was trying lots of vegan substitutes or um, eating, you know, things that maybe weren't as good for me that did make me put on um, more weight and um, led to me feeling more uncomfortable in my skin, um, maybe not having as much energy mm-hmm. as some of the foods that I want, um, or some of the amazing vegan foods that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's that little, there's that myth thing that once you go vegan that it's like automatic, you're going to be this healthy, slim, mm-hmm. you know, you veganism is so much more to that and I try, I'll try not to get too much off yeah. topic because I totally am. I get very passionate about it, all these topics. <laughs> but uh, just to say that everyone, no matter of what they're eating and as they're changing what they're eating and doing, mm-hmm. are going to see these physical changes or feel these physical changes and that's going to be a new experience in itself. Mm-hmm. It's going to be that product of those experiences. And it's not necessarily bad. It's not necessarily good. It's just an opportunity to learn about yourself even more mm-hmm. and to try to be as conscious as possible and compassionate as possible with yourself moving forward as you have even more experiences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so something I wanted to talk about briefly before yes. we wrap up yes. is how I've never had a conversation with someone about my feelings about my body. It the, Talking with Jess, we talked about this a few weeks ago, yes. but that was the first time I talked to someone about it. Mm-hmm. And I think it would... We're getting back to talking again, because I did t- talk about this at the beginning. Yes. I think it would have been helpful if I had someone to talk to about this, yes. and mm-hmm. I wish that talking about this was more normal and something more people did. Yeah, something that you could have a conversation with friends or family members mm-hmm. and to just share how you're feeling and what you see. Because maybe they're dealing with the same thing. They probably are. They probably are. And 
you know, it's so easy for us nowadays to just say, oh, I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. And to kind of eliminate that support network that's already there. Mm-hmm. And it it would just be... I The one thing I would leave you with at the end of this podcast is to take a look at the relationship that you have with your body not under crazy scrutiny, mm-hmm. just lightly, not in front of a mirror, just with yourself, and you see how you're feeling. And if you have the gracious opportunity to share that with someone else, then definitely do that and open that discussion. Because once we start talking about these things more, And once we start seeing the diverse array of changes and similarities as well, as we age, as we grow, as we experience, we can learn to accept that physical Mm -hmm. appearance. And it can not be the focus of our life. Mm -hmm. It can be what moves us, what pushes us, what helps us be our best selves, but who we are internally can shine through that and mm-hmm. is not as in the spotlight as you yourself is mm-hmm. and you being who you are, mm-hmm. not what you look like. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you to ask the question, what do you love about your body? Thank you for listening, guys. Bye.